Welcome to Stonebridge and Happy Easter. Here are some announcements and things to know. During this time of virtual and social distanced worship, it's important to continue contributing to the ongoing ministry of Stonebridge. Here are the ways in which you can give. You can give online through our website at stonebridgecme.com. Click on online giving. You can give through your bank's bill pay option, or you can send in your offering through the mail. If you'd like offering envelopes sent to you, please contact the church office. For over 70 years, the One Great Hour of Sharing offering has provided Presbyterians a way to share God's love with our neighbors in need around the world. There are three programs supported by the One Great Hour of Sharing offering, Presbyterian Disaster Assistance, the Presbyterian Hunger Program, and Self-Development of People, and they all work in different ways to serve individuals and communities in need. From initial disaster response to ongoing community development, their work fits together to provide people with safety, sustenance, and hope. Please consider making a donation this weekend. Join us for our next message series, which begins next weekend, April 10th and 11th. Revealed, God at Work will take us on a journey to look at the work of God through Jesus so that we can see the work of God in our own lives. This will be an online weekend, so look for the worship service on YouTube or download our podcast. Our next outdoor worship service will take place Saturday, April 17th at 5.30 p.m. Please visit our website to register. And lastly, we would love to know that you're participating in worship. Continue to share your news, prayers, and praises by emailing prayers at stonebridgecme.com. Or if you're following along in version, please take the time to fill out the e-connection card. You are an important part of Stonebridge's community of faith. Once again, welcome to worship. Our Easter scripture passage comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. Hear the word of God. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of the Lord, and thanks be to God. This weekend we celebrate Easter. And hallelujah, because Jesus is risen, he is risen indeed. We celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus this weekend. We celebrate that day thousands of years ago when Jesus' closest followers claimed that he had appeared to them after he had died. And they wrote down those stories so that we could be sitting here today reflecting on them. 
And this weekend, we reflect on the story from John chapter 20, where Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene, his close companion and friend. So as we turn to the scriptures, I invite with you, I invite you to join with me in prayer. Please pray with me. Lord, open your word to us. Help us to understand your, your scriptures. Help us to see the resurrection, Lord, to imagine it, to wrap our minds around what resurrection is. Speak to us now through your scriptures, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Resurrection can be hard to see. Today is the day that we celebrate resurrection. Today is a day that we acknowledge that Jesus was raised and we talk a lot about resurrection on Easter, but resurrection, it can be hard to see, to imagine what it actually is. Now, when I say resurrection, I'm referring to something very specific. When I say resurrection, I am referring to the belief that Jesus was raised from the dead. Jesus of Nazareth was raised from the dead. And because Jesus was raised from the dead, we will be raised from the dead also. And we can have hope that death is not the end of our story, but that life continues through resurrection. So when I say resurrection, that's what I'm focused on. I'm not talking about a metaphor. I'm not talking about a myth or a story. I'm talking about something that I truly believe happened in actual history. That is resurrection. That is the Christian understanding of resurrection. And when you look at the Bible, this is Christian faith. You may have thought that Christian faith was about any number of other things or other topics, or that Christian faith was about certain causes, but it's not. Christian faith is the resurrection of Jesus. This is what ties the New Testament together. This message of hope and life. Now, there are things that come out of that, but the foundation of Christian faith is the proclamation that Jesus was raised from the dead, and because of that, we also believe we will be raised from the dead. But resurrection, however important it is, it can be so hard to see it. It can be so hard to imagine it. I mean, look at Mary. Thousands of years ago, she's there on Easter morning in the garden. And she has resurrection standing right in front of her in the person of Jesus. And yet she doesn't see it. She has just interacted with angels and yet she doesn't see it. Mary would have had all of the knowledge needed to understand resurrection. She was one of Jesus's closest companions. When we're talking about Mary Magdalene, we're not talking about Mary, the mother of Jesus. We're not talking about Mary, the aunt of Jesus. And we're not talking about Mary of Bethany who anoints Jesus's feet. Mary Magdalene was one of Jesus's disciples. She was part of the inner circle. In all four of the gospels, she's the only person that all four mention was there at the empty tomb. In the gospel of John here, Mary Magdalene is the first person that Jesus reveals himself to. And Mary Magdalene, she would have been there for all of Jesus's signs for all of those wonders that he performed, turning water into wine, feeding the 5,000, walking on water, healing a man who hasn't been able to walk for 38 years, healing a man who was born blind and ostracized from his community. She would have seen all of that. She was aware of what Jesus was capable of. She also would have seen Lazarus being raised from the dead. She would know that Jesus could overcome death. 
And furthermore, Mary Magdalene, she would have heard Jesus say over and over again that he was going into Jerusalem to die on the cross, but then to be resurrected three days later. She knows it's the third day now. And yet, in the face of all of this, Mary Magdalene cannot see resurrection. She still misses it. Resurrection is hard to see. I think it's hard to see for any number of reasons. Resurrection, for so many, it can be hard to see simply because we've experienced so much loss. As human beings, we experience loss. As human beings, we experience grief and tragedy. And those griefs, those tragedies, those losses, they stifle our imaginations. They, they lower our expectations on life. So we stop hoping for things that are too grand, things that are too great. We put a ceiling on how high our hopes can go. And because of that, an idea like resurrection, it just becomes too difficult for us to see, for us to imagine. We might give it lip service, we might use the language, but we don't really see it. We can't really imagine it. So I think for many, that's one of the reasons why resurrection is so hard to see. In general, we have to acknowledge resurrection is difficult for us to see and imagine simply because we're sinful human beings. Our sin, it clouds our vision. It doesn't let us see the world for, as it, for what it truly is. Our sin, it blinds us. So, of course, it's hard for us as human beings to see resurrection. And in this pandemic, if you have difficulty imagining what resurrection looks like over the last year, you're not alone. This has been a trying year. It's been a year where we've tried to not hope too much, not get too excited, because every time it seems like we're taking a step forward, we take two steps back. And so many Far too many have lost loved ones in this pandemic. Far too many have lost businesses. There's been some real loss here. And there's also been frustration. Many people who haven't experienced a lot of the same losses that others have, there's frustration. They want things to open up. They want things to go back to normal. But we just can't. There's been too much loss. And it's been hard in the midst of all of this to imagine resurrection, to see resurrection and to see glimpses of it in our lives and to get a picture of what it might look like. I think it's also been hard because sadly, too many Christian leaders have focused on narrow views of power, have embraced political agendas. Too many Christian leaders have forgotten that the reason we are here is to point people to the resurrection, to help them have hope in the resurrection, to explain the resurrection as best as we can. But if Christian leaders are exchanging the truth of the resurrection for a lie of earthly power, it's going to be hard for Christians in general to have an imagination that is rooted in resurrection. So too many of us Christian leaders, we've lost sight of the resurrection. I think for all those reasons and many others, it is difficult to imagine resurrection and to see resurrection in our lives. But ultimately, I think the hardest thing about seeing resurrection and imagining it 
is simply the fact that resurrection is too good. It's too true. We can't wrap our minds around it. I mean, think of all the loss you've experienced in your life. What does it look like for all that loss to be restored? What does that look like? I don't know. What does this world look like when all the dead are raised? How do we have resurrected people filling this creation and earth? What does the universe look like in a resurrected world? How does the sun operate? How does the earth? There's so many aspects to this that we just don't know, that we can't imagine. The idea of resurrection, it's too good. It's too true for us to wrap our minds around it. So I understand why on that day, when Mary Magdalene is there in that garden and the tomb is empty and she sees the angels and she sees Jesus there, why she thinks he's a gardener. Her imagination, it snaps back to everything that she's known before. She thinks that Jesus is just a gardener. Now, maybe there's just a simple case of poor facial recognition going on here. Maybe that's what is happening. I, I doubt it, though. I really doubt it. I do know that facial recognition and people having poor facial recognition, that is a thing. I know that's a thing because my wife actually has it. My wife, she regularly mistakes strangers for friends and has difficulty remembering faces if she doesn't know the person too well. At one point, she actually walked up behind somebody thinking it was her friend. And from behind, she put her hands over this person's eyes and said, guess who? When the person turned around, they were not able to guess who because it was a complete stranger and Emily was quite embarrassed. There was another time that she thought she saw a friend in a mall. So she got inside a clothes rack in a department store and jumped out to startle this person and it turned out to be a complete stranger. So Emily doesn't do those things anymore. Facial recognition, it is a thing. It is real. But that is not what is going on here with Mary and mistaking Jesus for a gardener. Mary, she just watched Jesus die on the cross three days earlier. She has followed Jesus for years. This is somebody she knew well. There's something else going on here. There's some other reason that Jesus is not recognizable to her. There's some other reason that she can't see resurrection when it's right in front of her. There's probably any number of reasons. But what we have to remember about resurrection is it doesn't depend on us. Us just trying to see it better or working harder at it. That's not really how this works. I mean, Mary Magdalene, she had all the information needed. She had all the knowledge that she could have acquired to recognize what was going on, but she still doesn't see it. It's not until Jesus says her name that she understands resurrection. It's not until Jesus says Mary to her that she realizes what has happened and who is standing in front of her, that this isn't a garden, but this is instead her Lord, her friend, her master. He is right there in front of her and she understands resurrection. It's when Jesus says her name. It's funny because when I look back on my own experience with embracing the resurrection and believing in the resurrection and let me just say, I believe in the resurrection wholeheartedly. I don't believe in the resurrection because I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor because I believe in the resurrection and I wanted to devote my life to people understanding the resurrection. So I believe this through and through. 
I believe it happened in history. It's not a metaphor. It is real. I believe this. But when I look back on how that belief first developed, it wasn't because I was able to present a rational, reasonable case. I actually spend a lot of time making sure that I can present a reasonable case for believing in the resurrection. While we can't prove resurrection, I can show you, using history, how it's plausible that Jesus' resurrection took place and how it is reasonable to believe that it actually happened. I've spent a lot of time researching that, trying to make sure I can make that case. But what's so funny to me is that when I think back to my own experience, that's not why I started believing in resurrection. It wasn't because I had all the knowledge. It was because through different circumstances, through different events, I became convinced that Jesus was saying my name also. That Jesus was calling me through the love I experienced from people who shouldn't care about me but did. People in my church who reached out to me. Through them, I heard the voice of our Lord calling me. It's through different circumstances in life where I had two different routes and I thought God was nudge me in a direction. I look back and God was actually shoving me in that direction. There was really only one way things were going to work out. And I look back and realize that Jesus was watching out for me and guiding me and helping me live into a call that he had on my life. When Mary hears Jesus's voice, she recognizes this is the voice of the good shepherd and his sheep know him. She hears his voice and she's able to see resurrection. And I think for most of us, that's how it happens also. Through a church community that shows us that there's another way to live life. Through people who genuinely care about us, even when they have no reason to, but they do so because they know that we are a child made in the image of God. Because people who believed in the resurrection reached out to us and gave us a glimpse of what resurrection life looks like. We start to believe. And over time, we start to see it clearer. Our imaginations become expanded. And we can start getting a vision for what resurrection may look like, at least in certain aspects. It's funny that I say resurrection is hard to see, but apart from Jesus, resurrection is impossible to see. It takes the voice of the good shepherd opening us up, opening up our eyes, our ears, calling our names. And then all of a sudden we can get a glimpse of it. What's so frustrating to me about resurrection though is we won't get a perfect glimpse until it happens. We won't actually see resurrection until Jesus returns. So between now and then we rely on these glimpses of restoration God does some work in our lives or in the lives of somebody else to restore something that was broken, to fix something that had fallen apart, to find something that was lost. And in those moments, we get a glimpse of what resurrection will look like. And it furthers our hope. It sustains our hope. Now, what I'm about to say, I say with some hesitation, but when it comes to this pandemic, I think things are getting better. I, I say that hesitatingly, though, because... Like I said, every time we've taken a step forward, it seems like we take two steps back. But I think things are getting better. I think there's a lot of reasons to be excited about this summer. As I say that, I, I, I want to pause and say that we have to always acknowledge, though, that for some people, 
This is not going to be an exciting time. They're going to be experiencing grief still because people have lost loved ones. People have lost family members, friends that they cared about deeply. And no amount of a community reopening is going to restore that. So we have to be mindful of that. But even in the midst of that grief, there are reasons for excitement also. There are reasons for us to be excited about this summer. I know for me, I am excited about seeing friends and seeing family. I'm excited for those relationships to continue. I'm excited for friends of mine who have never met my son to be able to do so. I'm excited for my family to spend time with my son because they really haven't. He's only been a year and a half. So his life has lived pretty much entirely in this pandemic. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for him to be able to interact with other children also. I'm also excited for when we can gather in person indoors for worship. I'm excited that we get to restore some of those patterns that we're used to when it comes to worship. I think I'm most excited about that though, because at Stonebridge, we'll be able to do that knowing that it's safe, knowing that we weren't putting people's lives at risk needlessly, and that we actually sacrificed for quite a while for the sake of our community. And that when we do gather, we'll be able to do so without this cloud hanging over us, wondering if we're going to make people sick or not. I'm excited about that moment when we are worshiping indoors and we aren't worried anymore. I'm excited about all that stuff, but what I'm most excited about by far is all the small little moments of restoration that we're going to witness. Those small little things that are going to add up and build up because each moment of restoration is a glimpse of resurrection and it can strengthen our faith. It can deepen our hope in the resurrection of Jesus. While I want us to open up, I hope we don't do so so quickly that we lose sight of those moments of restoration, that we start thinking of these as just tasks for us to accomplish. When in reality, this is the work of God healing this world, mending this world. And it is a glimpse of what resurrection is going to look like when all disease is conquered. So I pray that we are able to pause and to take those moments in. That's what I'm most excited about over these next few months is all those glimpses of restoration that deepen our hope and resurrection. Today is Easter and we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. And today is Easter and we celebrate the hope we have that we will be resurrected in the same way Jesus was resurrected. Resurrection, it can be hard to see. It can be hard for us to imagine. And it was difficult for Mary that day. But the voice of the good shepherd calls out to each and every one of us. May we hear that voice. And today, may we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
spoken word you were singing over me you have been so so good to me before i took a breath you breathed your life in me been so so good to me
yourself.